there, I'm Michelle Bunch, and this is Enthusiasm Diaries. Enthusiasm is contagious, and in this podcast, we get to share in the enthusiasm of others and perhaps spark some of our own curiosity along the way. Thanks so much for listening. Well, I am here today with Brian Fisher. Brian is a serial entrepreneur. He started five companies. Um, And thanks for being here, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Well, thanks. Well, um, gosh, there's so many things I want to ask you and so many things to talk about. But what I mean, what is that like to hear you've started five companies (laughs) and you're not that old? It sounds cool. It sounds like, oh, wow, we got to hear this guy. And then it's like, well, really... Three didn't make any money. One broke even, and one made quite a bit of money, and then COVID just destroyed it. So it's now it's kind of like, uh, you know, now I'm on to the new one. So it sounds cool to people. Like when I talk to my friends, and the friends are in the corporate world, they look to entrepreneurs like, oh wow, look at what you do. And I look to my entrepreneur, I mean, to my corporate friends, and I go, wow, you have health insurance that you don't have to pay. Benefits, for. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that. Wow, you, wow, they cover that. Like you know, it's like that's there. It's it sounds great, but okay. it, you know, it's not as great as it sounds, but it's also cool. It is cool. Do you, do you feel like you've always kind of had like an entrepreneurial spirit? Yes. And I think that we all, there's, I always say there's two types of people in the world. You, one type of people look to their parents and they go, I like what my parents did and I want to follow in their footsteps. Yeah. And the second type who look to their parents and they go, God, I don't want to be anything like them, <laughs> you know, in terms of like their professional world. So right. my in the military and he was like, he was a pilot and uh, he was an F-16 pilot and he was gone a lot. And so I didn't really see him that much. And I said, there's got to be another way than growing up, not seeing your parents. And so mm-hmm. I like the exact opposite of whatever the military is, is what I want to do because I don't, I, I believe you can have it all. You can mm-hmm. have and you can have time. Uh, and those are like the, the that's the bi- that's what we're all trying to search for. Um, but I think to have it all, it takes a little bit longer than you think it does. To, to okay. figure it. And yeah. it, it sounds like a driving force for you then is like time freedom. Yes. Okay. Because I think of it like, so as we're going to talk about, my passion is games. And I think a life is a game. Mm. And in every game there's a point at which you have to make a decision where you have to use your resources to do something, right? It's like, do I, in, like for people, oh, do I invest in Bitcoin here, right? Or whatever, right? Like at some point you take your limited resources and you take the risk. Mm-hmm. Now, life, I think, is the two resources are time and money, right? Yeah. Everybody wants time, but to have time, you oftentimes you have to trade time for money or if you have money, you don't have time. So it's like, that is the goal is to find the way to leverage both of those resources to have as much money and time as you can have. And I believe, even though I haven't figured it out, that there's a way to have it all. And I'm talking millions in the bank and also have time to be with people and have a rewarding career. But it takes intention mm-hmm. to that world. And I also think, I always said, I'll be a millionaire by 30. And boy, was I wrong. But I think it is possible if you go with the intention of the life you want to build. And for me, it's time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, too much time is not good because you end up playing video games way too much that you should. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, to stay motivated. Now, people always say things like this where they're like, you know, 
oh, you know, like if only I use the time I watch TV to write that novel I've always wanted to dream about making or whatever, you know? And it's always like, I don't think that's the case. We always think, well, I need to trade all the time that I use, that I watch TV to work on something I care about. I really don't think that's the case. I really think you just need to use a little bit of that time to work on something you're interested yeah. in. Yeah, like, like intense, intentional time. Yes, exactly. Like I wrote a novel and, and I wrote it over the last five years. I've done nothing with it, but I'm in the process of finally putting it in in design and doing everything with it. But Whoa. I talked about writing the novel a million more times than I actually spent writing the novel. Right. It's so much more fun as a creative to talk about to talk about our projects. Yeah. How, how much time do we actually spend in the nitty gritty? The worst part about writing is not the first draft, it's editing. Yeah. And will get you anything. The 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 mundane aspects of any business, accounting, payroll, all that kind of stuff is the boring stuff where a lot of entrepreneurs will go, Well, I don't, I guess I'll just go. It, what's e- it's easy to trade what's easy than what is, you know what will lead to lasting success. And there's a cool book called The War of Art. Have you read it? No, I want oh, to. Oh, it's so great. It's very, it talks about that for any, any, anything you ever do that will matter to your life, there is an invisible force called resistance. Mm-hmm. And the more important it is to your life, the more you will feel the resistance. We think of it like the people that succeed, that they've conquered resistance, right? And they say that no, Resistance will never go away. That no matter how big or successful you are, every single day you sit down to work on something important to your life, you will face that resistance. And every single day that you conquer that resistance is the biggest victory you will ever have in your life. And it's daily. It's not that you make a million dollars because you sold your novel. It's the day you sat down and edited one page. Mm -hmm. And it's not, will there be resistance, but like... How, what will I do when it yes, comes up? Yes, because you, you're going to have it. doesn't matter if you, if you, anybody that's written a book or anybody that's done anything, you're going to want to do it again. It's, that's why a lot of like actors, they do one great movie and then what happens to them, right? And that's why people feel so alive when they're in what's called the state of flow. Yeah, I was just going to say flow. Yeah. yeah, once you're in flow, it feels great and you're working hard. But then it's like, the, it's easy to get lazy out of flow. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Or or it doesn't feel like it comes as easily as you think, or it doesn't match your expectations. Right. And and that book, The War of Art, says resistance is daily. Resistance is every moment. Anything that matters, you will fight it every single day you try to sit down to do it. And the day, like I always find when I'm I'm in a writing mood, well, I need to clean the house. You know what? Before I do that, let me just clean the house. You know, organize all my emails. Yeah, right, exactly. Or whatever. Years. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my desktop is really dirty. You know what? I need to organize. That. Yeah. You know? Like it's so easy to fall into that when right. you know it's like when you're really motivated. So that's why it's like if on one day, if today you do something that matters, even no matter how minuscule, if you write one sentence, if you open up your journal and you wrote one line, that's a victory. That is as big as it will be the day you publish a national bestseller. Yeah. Well, you know what I love about this, Brian, is we (laughs) we charted out a little bit what we wanted to talk about. You didn't even mention that you're writing a novel. Oh, who cares? Because again, who cares? (laughs) Who cares? It sounds another thing that sounds great, but it is a process. Yeah. And that's why I say like to people that are listening, 
when you are, okay, let's imagine that someone listening is in like a nine to five and they have something big that they want to do. Yeah. Like, let's say it's write a novel. Let's say it's write a screenplay. Let's say it's something like that. I say from doing it myself, start with a project you can finish in one day. Huh. A poem in one day. Okay. It's like working out. If you can work out, I always say people start out, like they get so motivated. They're like, I'm going to work out five days a week. Or and like then, New Year's resolutions. Right. Always same thing. Up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I say, no, no, no. Small victory. Mm-hmm. If you maintain three days a week for six months at the gym, the rest is going to be cake. But those first six months, what happens is, is that you say, I'm going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But then if you miss Wednesday, you're not going on Friday and you're right. going to the next week. And you're going to say, okay, I'm going to start again. It's like, you just have to do it. There's this famous quote that says, um, uh, uh, it says, uh, oh, do you write? Oh, I forget who it was. I think it's Stephen King. And it says, do you write uh, when, when you're inspired or do you just force yourself to sit down and write every day? And he said, uh, uh, I write when I'm inspired. Luckily for me, inspiration strikes every day at 8 a.m. So that's the whole yeah. point is that it's like you, you just have to, have just to make do it, it work. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, just, just do, do it. it. Well, speaking I mean, of just do it, I mean, there's so much I want to ask you. Sure. And I think starting, I mean, especially you said some of those past businesses, maybe not so successful. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were doing that was making money? Sure. Um, you kind of alluded to it with COVID, but what, sure. tell us about that. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so pre-COVID or still now, it's just coming back is I, for the last 10 years, I created or I worked with a business partner and we created a bar trivia company, second biggest in Colorado. Um, that's just like trivia nights on slow nights of the week at bars. It was called and it is called This is a Clue Trivia. When COVID hit last Which March. Which is just such a fun idea. Like who doesn't yeah, want to I mean, like, it's a game. It's have a an dumb excuse game. to go out to have a beer on a Wednesday, right? Yeah. And people always ask me, oh, you're so good at trivia. And I'm like, no, I'm terrible at trivia. My business partner is amazing. I'm terrible. Yeah. But the idea is, it's like the whole point, I love games. And what's so wonderful about games is that they bring people together in a way that's not dependent on technology. Mm-hmm. So game is pencil and paper, and it's just sitting down. It's dumb. Everybody's seen it, but it brings people together. People need a social lubricant often. Mm-hmm. Like that's why bars have pool. That's why there's always these things that happen. And that's why it's what's so sad about COVID is that we kind of all got isolated through our screens and, you know, and it's so sad because we miss that human just sitting. It's why I love board games, why you mm-hmm. sit at the table, no phones, and we all just chat. And there's something to focus on that's not just each other, mm-hmm. right? Especially guys. And I know it, guys in general aren't like chit chatty. I know like my wife, they ever girls get together, they chit chat and they just talk about life. But having something to do is a great way to bring people together in a way that's real. It allows real connection. And that's what bar trivia is. It's a stupid thing. It's been around forever. And I would argue it'll never go away, no matter how far technology comes, because old school bar trivia is just fun and it's a reason to hang out. Mm-hmm. Are you competitive? Of course I'm competitive. <laughs> you know, of course. Like when I play a board game, but with, with you know, fact memorization and things like that, it's like, you're only so good at how, how much do you know about baseball sports yeah. trivia from 1990? Like, I don't know anything about sports. So I always get crushed in that. But, you know, every what what people love about trivia is it makes you feel smart. Like for yeah. a moment, 
I'm the one guy that remembered, oh, that's right. You know, like whatever. Or and you what, might find your niche, like your Yes, your exactly. Trivia. And that makes you feel cool. Even if you only answer one question. And yeah. that's about bar trivia. We were um, at 48 venues a week pre-COVID and we are now 10, which sucks. But, okay. uh, you know, life will come back to normal. And yeah. part of this message is like, when, when COVID crushed bars, the bar industry in general, um, which is where we're going next is like, you have an option is to kind of wallow in sadness. Like I had to lay people off, you know, like it was rough. Like we had just hired our first full timer, which for an entrepreneur is kind of a, you know, it's it's a big big, deal. And it was so sad that we had to like, you know, we, we saw the writing on the wall. It's like, it's not so laying people off. is such a sad thing. And then I have a lot of part-timers. We had like 30 part-timers that we were like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's no bars. There's no bars. There's no trivia and it's not coming back, you know? And so that there's a moment there when everything you've built 10 years and you're finally at the point where I'm having time and money and it's not taking as much time to manage. And you're like, yes, you can see where you're going and then boom, it takes it all away. That, mm-hmm. uh, that's a tough day. And, and I wrestled with that at the beginning of COVID going, well, maybe it'll come back by June, July, you know, and here we kept pushing it out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that was tough. But when life gives you lemons, there are options to create lemonade, but you have to kind of get out of your funk and you have to be like, okay, well, what's next? So and, what? Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what was next? What did you, what was your lemonade? So what was next was, um, I got really into, because we were, I mean, we're all on our phones in COVID, right? So we're all just going to the depths of the internet. And I got really into a niche world of the industry, which is offensive for some people, but it was multi-level marketing companies. I really got into the predatory nature of multi-level marketing and their companies like Amway, Mary Kay, Monet is a big one right now. And there's a million of them. There are a lot of them. And, and in the old days, I talk about this too. It, it, it wasn't like it is today. Today, it's the, the, the research is less than 0.001% make even a dollar of profit. You know, it's like, it's not, they, they pitch you on a dream. Oh, you can make millions working from your home. But this, and I started really looking into the the negative aspect of this world, and and I was and I just got obsessed because you know like it's like anybody that says they make ten thousand a month, you know, or whatever, anybody who touts their income, you should be skeptical of it, right? That whole adage of if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, and it, and that's the way it is, you know, and that is the whole MLM world. So I got really into like watching it and looking at it. And I was like, this is so wrong. And the way they take advantage of vulnerable people in particular, like people that are really down on their luck and they say, you know, oh, if you just buy a starter kit, you can start your own company. You can be the CEO of your own company. And it's and the, the statistics are you're not the vast majority. I mean, we're talking way over 70, 80, 90 percent aren't going to make a, even a dollar of profit after their cost. And I just got really into it. And so I came up with an idea for a board game that addresses the hilarious nature of the irony of multi-level marketing companies. And it is a board game called Boss Babe, The Game. And I launched it on Kickstarter 
back in September of 2020. Okay. So it wasn't that many, you launched it. I'm just thinking of your time frame. Mm-hmm. So everything shut down, let's say March of 2020. And you're saying yeah. six months later, you launched a, I mean, that's not a lot of time, Brian. That's- no, it's not. <laughs> it, that's what we're saying. So it, when, as we're recording this, it is uh, June of 2021. So it's, it's less, it's like 10 months. We're at the 10 month mark. And, um, Actually, we're like at the eight-month mark. So what's so amazing about this is that we went from a Kickstarter campaign, from an idea conception, a 30-day Kickstarter, to now design and creating the game. Because I I sold it without having any of the assets, just an idea. People bought into it. And now we're going to go to delivery from conception, creation, marketing, all the business side, to delivery in less than one year. Wow. It's pretty amazing. It now, is. And can, I know can you uh and I want to hear more about that, but for people that don't know about Kickstarter, can sure. you just explain that a little bit? Sure. And there are a lot of different versions of crowdfunding websites. For example, you often see on Facebook or social media, GoFundMe. Um, GoFundMe is an interesting one. It's like for charities or or if there's a good cause, no matter what they raise, you get the money. But Kickstarter is a little bit unique, and it was one of the first is Kickstarter says. I need, so in my board game, um, I said I needed $10,000 to launch this game. Um, it's, a, it's, it's more like 20000 that I've learned, but you <laughs> set a goal, okay? Yeah. And you say, this is what I need to get the game off and running, okay? Because, you, you know, it's like you have to create number of units and things like that. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to make 500 units or whatever, how much? And you do your best. You just make a goal, okay? Yeah. So my goal is 10000 I say the cost of the game with shipping is $43. So if I get enough people to pledge $33 or $43 and we get as a group to $10,000, I get the money. Mm-hmm. But I get $9,999, but not, I don't get a dollar more. I don't get, I get $0. Oh, I didn't know that. Thing. Yeah, okay. it's an all or nothing thing. Okay. You either get it or you don't. You set a timeline too. And in general, most Kickstarter campaigns are 30 days like or less. And wow. you, so like the pressure's it. on, like you. Yes. Okay. And you don't know. I mean, and also like I did everything wrong for board games. Like, so I created the game from the niche. A lot of people create a good game and then they try to sell it. Right. Ah, I gotcha. This niche of like this kind of sleazy world. And I'm like, well, let the best way for anything is humor. I think so. Yeah. If you can poke fun at anything. You've you've got it. Like there was a game called Cards Against Humanity, which everybody played, is like a joke. It's it's a big laughter fest. Mm-hmm. If people laugh, you can sell anything. That's right. why I like so much, right? Right. So anyway, so in my case, we didn't know if it was work. It was going to work. I don't have a network. I went from I didn't have any followers. I have like two hundred friends on Facebook, so it's not like I have like a huge network here. Right. So, but what I did is I had a good idea. So I made. The initial, like a, an initial group of cards for the game. It's mainly card based, but there's a board too, and that are basically Instagram posts of what it's like to be. The cards look like Instagram posts with cartoon drawings of what it's like to be in an MLM. And it's really funny. Like grandma died, so you got some, you know, money so you can invest in your business, which is really, you know, you're just dumping money down a rat hole or whatever. But anyway, so I made these cards and I put them online and I used Reddit and I used the social media algorithm. And kind of without not paying, just organic growth, people just believing in the idea. 
And I was very, very blessed that so many people rallied around this. And I yeah, ended so up- So mostly people you knew or didn't know? No, zero. Like You didn't know any? I, just I mean, my that... mom bought one and, and some friends, but overall, okay. I, I, so I ended up getting 15 grand. So five grand over my total for wow. basically doing everything wrong. I, I didn't have any gameplay. Nobody reviewed. In board games, they always you send it to people and you say, "Hey, give me some reviews on this. What you think of the act before it's done?" I did none of that. No network, nothing. And people just believed in the idea. And I mean, even now, people don't know how the game is played. Like they have no idea it's going to ship, and no one's seen it at all. The good news is, everybody, it's it's funny, and people are going to like it. It's like Uno, um, and it's really simple: five minutes to learn, ten minutes to play. It's super simple. But it's really funny and it's going to make people laugh. But people believed in the idea. They believed in that I could, I don't have any experience doing this. You know what I mean? Like, they, it's like not like I have like a whole history of making board games or anything. It's like, this is my first one. This is the idea. So, have you actually seen it? It just got shipped. So, Whoa, I haven't okay. actually seen it. Like, I've printed it out like at Kinko's or, yeah. But no, I haven't. Wow. It's, it's in the mail right now to me. I've been waiting. It also manufacturing takes forever. And, but so again, it's like everything wrong. But the whole point of this is not how cool is this, which it is cool. It's you can change your whole life in less than a year. Truly. Anybody who's listening, who has an idea, you can, the whole point of these websites, Kickstarter, like you look at these ones, like, I don't know, uh, like Exploding Kittens got like $2 million on Kickstarter. Okay, pledge. Okay, it's another, it's like the same kind of thing. Now, people look at that and they go, like I, I look at that and I go, well, I only got 15 grand. You know what I mean? I look mm-hmm. at like big like that and I go, wow, well, I guess I, I guess people, but you got to also go, it's like, you, life is not a competition, right? Like right. the fact that even the fact, even if I hadn't made it, and we were talking about a failed Kickstarter campaign, how many people even try? Mm-hmm. How many people even get out there and and try to start a podcast about enthusiasm? How, how many people even do it? Everybody's got ideas, but the, it's only a small minority of people in the world that even try, right? So what do you think that you is? Know, like, what is the thing that makes people try? I, well, it for me, it helps. Like, okay, imagine you, like for you, I know you have a real job. You have a real practice and things yeah. like that. When people get addicted to, real money, <laughs> right? Like you work in a real company, you pay. You, the problem with sometimes corporate America, and I could be wrong, but look at, look to me in 20 years and see if I was right. But yeah, we'll we, check back in. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, you look at, you trade your time for money and right. people their time and they go, I'm worth, maybe people at the bottom go, I'm worth minimum wage, right? Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I'm worth. People that have degrees say, and you know what? I'm worth 70,000 a year. People that have had experience or have have it reinforced, I'm worth $200,000 a year, whatever, right? But still, the problem with that is that you look at your time and you think, I'm worth this per hour, okay? An entrepreneur goes, I have gone months where I've made a ton of money, and I've also gone months where I've made nothing. I don't look at my time at all as worth anything. But what I do look at is that my ideas and is this an idea worth? Now, this idea is worth millions, right? Maybe not. This idea might be worth 200000 This idea I might- I love that because it's such a different way of looking at it, right? It's not, it's not I'm going to exchange because there's 
time is finite. You know, you only have so much of it. So if you exchange time only for a certain dollar amount, you're going to, you, you tap out, you, you're going to be capped. But what you're talking about is more this infinite, what could it be? What could this idea be worth? And it's a lot, it's limitless. That's true. Now, oftentimes entrepreneurs will look at people like a doctor or a lawyer, someone who's had regular, they make 250 grand plus all these other benefits. That's amazing. But the people that really change the world are idea people. They don't, they don't, they don't, they follow an idea. The idea is that I'm going to be a rap star or whatever, you know, whatever it is, that's the idea. And everybody has an idea like this, this idea that we all, we, we all can, we all can. Like, it's not like truly, like, it's not, this is the MLMs thing that they pitch, but it's true. Right. Right. It's just, you have to get out of like the idea that, well, this idea is worth 15 grand. This boss babe is worth 15 grand. Right. Maybe, maybe it's worth more than that. Right. And the idea is that when you have an idea, a lot of people will like, you know, you look at American Idol and the people that can't sing, the millions of people that can't sing that go on that show and we laugh about. It's like you have to be honest about or really clarify the idea you're willing to pursue. Because when you have, say, you have 10 ideas, they're all different, they all could be huge. You have to think about the lifestyle you want. And the lifestyle for me is that I don't care, I am not work driven. I want, I like this 80-20 rule that people, Mm -hmm. where you get 80% of the benefit for 20% of the work. I want to be home with the family. I don't not want a job, but I don't want to be ruled by, it takes, you know, it's that what's called the hedonic treadmill, where if you, once you get a BMW, you can never go back to driving a, a Honda, right? And your lifestyle grows with it. Well, if you've ever been poor or you've ever not made any money, like I have most of my life, right? Like where it's like, you don't make any money. You go, one, you save like crazy. You save because you never know when it's going to collapse on you. Like COVID didn't matter to me because I just save like crazy. I've eaten beans like my whole life. It doesn't matter. But like, you know, it's like you go, well, I've, I'm a saver. And what I look at money as is not like, well, how many restaurants can I go to? I go, this is an investment for my next idea. Mm, that's the cool way to look at it. Yeah. That's what money is. It's a tool to get out. A Mm -hmm. tool to the system. We all want out of the system. We want to play in the system on our rules. And the way to do that is ideas. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I love how you brought it back to rules. Because when we were talking before, it was like, can life be a game, right? With the resources of time and money. I wonder when you say like your passion is game design, what Uh does that really mean? Because is like... Tell me more about that because I want to okay. hear th- sure. more. <laughs> you think about the end, right? Like when they say in marketing, don't say it has 24 colors. You say what it provides to you. It will provide this beautiful, you know, you describe it not in features versus benefits, right? Game design is how, can, for me, is how can you get people to interact with each other, mm. to make people look up from their phones. That's like, like to me, that's what games are great about. And I'm talking all games, even video games. Like now, like through COVID, you, you, like, like Fortnite and all these other games that you play, Minecraft, it's like, we're on headphones working collaboratively. Even when we're like on a hardcore game where you're playing like Call of Duty or Fortnite or something like that, you are, it's a collaborative experience. Games bring people together. Yeah. Like, for example, my favorite board game is a game that's very popular. I think it won Game of the Year in 96. It's called Settlers of Catan. Have you played it? 
I've heard of it, but no, I've not played it. Okay. Well, it is it is sold at Walmart for $50 today for okay. a reason, right? Because it is so great. To me, it's the perfect balance of luck. And what I love about board games is tabletop, is making deals. I'll give you two wheat for one ore. And you look at it and you go, no, I'll give you, I'll give you one wheat and a sheep for two ore. You know, you don't know what I'm talking about, but let me tell you, that's the fun part. And then you get somebody against you going, no, 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 no. I'll give you one or for a sheep, you know, or whatever. That so it's, it's very social and it's yes. strategic, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. I love people. And a lot of people, I, I can talk to anybody. I love people. But a lot of people aren't good at talking to people, right? What any kind of activity is good about from I, from bar trivia to anything is it it gives people a conduit for people that maybe are a little bit shy or they don't want to they're not game game design all of it is like how can we work together mm-hmm. one of the businesses i started that was a failure was a, an escape room um, so i started escape rooms before they were a thing oh, and wow. the pro- by the way the problem with escape rooms is you always have to create new ones and you know, there's a reason why Coke only sells Coca-Cola, right? right. It, when you make one good, it's just because you made one good escape room, the next one might not be as good. You know, it's, that's the problem is that you're always, it's like, you want to just sell Coke a million times. Right. right? You, you have to keep reinventing to, it. Right. That's the problem with escape rooms. But some people do it great. But I said, oh man, it's hard enough to come up with one good idea. But now you got to come up with a new one every six months or whatever. Yeah. It's a lot of that, pressure. That yeah. <laughs> Well, can you just share, just in kind of wrapping up, any other, you seem to be an ideas man. Are there other ideas up your sleeve right now? Yes, of course. I think that, well, I have so many, but it's like one step at a, like, it's like, hopefully I can see success on a board game. For me, I have big ideas, big ideas. I want to create puzzle fountains, which are, uh, it's a it's a whole nother thing. I don't won't go into it, but it's a way to bring people together in public spaces and wow, get strangers cool. to interact with each other in public spaces in a real way that's not creepy, that's fun and collaborative in a way you have to work together. But that's mm-hmm. like so far down the line. You have to have so many engineers and everything. It's like one step. So I I've written the novel. Well, maybe you should actually try to publish it. You know, it's like, I've, I've made a board game. Let's try to sell it. And then the board games get more complex, right? It's like, it's like you're learning for me. I feel like I'm just now thinking about taking off training wheels, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're just getting started. Right. And and I'm late, you know, it's like I failed a ton. I was lazy a ton. Like it's so easy. Like I said, it's like when you're not succeeding or Bartra or people aren't it's so easy to get lazy, but it's like, you don't have to spend all your free time working an idea. Mm-hmm. Just allocate a tiny bit. Yeah. So that's such a, a good thing to, it's so <laughs> overwhelming. And where do you start? So that's super helpful. Yeah. Well, well Brian, well, you, you are so, me. yeah, you were, I mean, I'm like, I got to hear more about the puzzle fountain. <laughs> so we're going to have to loop back up on that. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, um, thanks. Well, thank yeah, you. Sound, another I, one that sounds good. It was wonderful talking to you. You're great. Yeah, you too. Let me ramble. Um, <laughs> no, I loved it. And and I do just want to say, I think what you're bringing up is so important. And if COVID has taught us anything about what we need, and probably we all have different varying levels of this need, I, I would guess, but we need connection. <laughs> um, right. And that's I think it. everything you're saying about game design it speaks to that. That's, that's the why behind it, if I'm hearing you right. And so... 
I love yes. what you're doing. I want to see more, hear more of your ideas as they come. I feel like you, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours. Well, so. thank you. If you want to connect, I and and if you like that board game, please uh, check check out the game uh, on bossbabethegame.com. I'd and love they that. can you have an Instagram too for the game, right? Yes, Boss Babe the Game. Everything is Boss Babe the Game everywhere. So we okay. lo- love if you connect and and, and uh, can they can people buy. order the game on there? Yeah, oh yeah, pre-orders are open. I'm just waiting for it okay. to be so I would love that if anybody hears this and wants to buy one, I would love it if you yes. so awesome. Well, thanks, Brian. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave a review and share with a friend. And if you're enthusiastic about something and want to share it, please contact me at michelle at enthusiasmdiaries.com.